Hello, good day everyone. While researching this episode's killer, I almost decided not to use him. He is a disgusting man, and please, please be warned that viewer discretion is advised. This episode contains the murder of children, torture, and cannibalism. Okay, so now that we have that out of the, out of the way, let's get into the life of Albert Fish, who in his lifetime earned the title of the Boogeyman, the Gray Man, the Werewolf of Wisteria, the Brooklyn Vampire, the Moon Maniac, and probably some more that we don't know of. <laughs> Okay, so Albert Fish was born on May 19, 1870 in Washington, D.C. to Randall and Ellen Fish. His family had a long history of mental illness. His uncle was diagnosed with mania, his brother was sent to a state mental institution, and his sister was diagnosed with a, quote, mental affliction, end quote. His mother had visual hallucinations, and three other relatives were diagnosed with mental illnesses as well. Albert's parents sent him to an orphanage at a young age, but the exact age is unclear. For Albert, the orphanage was a brutal place where he was exposed to regular beatings and sadistic acts of brutality. Some said... He began to look forward to the abuse because it brought him pleasure. Upon recollection of the orphanage, Albert said, quote, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things they should not have done, end quote. But by 1880, Ellen Fish was widowed with a government job and removed Albert from the orphanage. Albert had very little formal education and was better equipped to work with his hands than his brain. Not long after being reunited with his mother, he began a relationship with a boy who introduced him to drinking urine and eating feces, though that boy's name is unknown. Uh, at age 20 in 1890, Albert moved to New York City, New York, and first began his crimes against children. He made money as a prostitute and began molesting boys. After luring children from their homes, he would proceed to torture them in various ways. His favorite form of torture was a paddle laced with sharp nails. He would then rape his victims after brutally beating them. As time went on, his sexual fantasies with children grew more and more fiendish and bizarre, often ending in murdering and cannibalizing them. In 1898, Albert married and fathered six children. Reportedly, the kids led average lives until 1917, when Fish's wife ran off with another man. After the departure of their mother, the kids recalled him occasionally asking them to participate in his sadomasochistic games. 
One such game, he asked the kids to paddle him with the nail-filled paddle until blood ran down his legs. He would also enjoy pushing needles deep into his skin. After his marriage ended, Fish wrote to women listed in the personal columns of newspapers, describing in vivid detail the sexual acts he would like to share with them. Though the descriptions were never made public, they were later submitted as evidence in court. According to Fish, no woman ever responded to his vile letters. Hmm, wonder why. Hmm. Fish did develop a skill for house painting and often traveled across the country for work. It was suspected that he picked states largely populated with African Americans because he thought police wouldn't spend as much time searching for the killer of African American kids as they would Caucasian kids. He selected black children to endure his torture using his, quote, instruments of hell, end quote, which was compromised of the paddle, a meat cleaver, and knives. In 1928, Albert answered an ad from 18-year-old Edward Budd, who was looking for part-time work to help his family. Fish met Edward and his family using the name Mr. Frank Howard to discuss Edward's future. Fish told the family he was a Long Island farmer willing to pay a strong young worker $15 a week. The family was excited by their luck and instantly trusted the polite Mr. Howard. Fish informed the Bud family he would return in one week to take Edward and a friend to his farm to begin working. When Fish arrived on June 4th, he came with gifts for all the Bud children and visited the family over lunch. Mr. Howard appeared to be a typical, loving grandfather. After lunch, Fish explained he had to attend a children's birthday party at his sister's house and would return later for Eddie and his friend. He then suggested the Buds allow their 10-year-old daughter, Grace, to attend the party with him. Sadly, the deceived parents agreed, dressing Grace in her Sunday's best, and sent her off with Albert Fish. Unfortunately, Grace Budd was never seen alive again. Grace Budd's investigation went on for six years before investigators made a break. On November 11, 1934, Mrs. Budd received an anonymous letter giving grotesque details of the murder and cannibalism of her child. The letter tortured Mrs. Budd with horrible details about Grace being taken to an abandoned house in Worcester, New York, how she was stripped, strangled, cut up, and eaten. Then, as if to console Mrs. Budd, the writer emphasized that Grace had not been sexually assaulted. Police were able to trace the paper the letter was written on, which led them to a flop house where Fish was living. Fish was arrested immediately and confessed to the killing of Grace and other children. Fish smiled as he described the horrendous details of torture and murder. On March 11, 1935, the trial of Albert Fish began. 
He pleaded innocent by reason of insanity. He claimed voices in his head told him to kill children and commit other vile crimes. Even though numerous psychiatrists deemed Fish insane, the jury deemed him sane and guilty. After a 10-day trial, he was sentenced to death by electrocution. On January 16, 1936, Albert Fish was electrocuted at Sing Sing Prison in New York, reportedly a process Fish looked upon as, quote, the ultimate sexual thrill, end quote, though that claim has not been corroborated. As I mentioned in my opening, this case left me feeling physically ill. Albert Fish was a vile human who deserved to be wiped from this earth. Nonetheless, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to the next episode with you. I hope you have a wonderful day, and stay safe. It's a bizarre world.